Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Illumineers Quest podcast, where we talk everything Lorcana. I'm Zach. I'm Jacob. And thanks for coming on this journey with us. Today's another exciting one. I think this should be hopefully really insightful for everyone, especially the beginners, to try to you know understand some of the ins and outs of the game. We're doing an abilities tier list slash ranking. Yeah, this is, I mean, you know, not every card in the game has this, so it's a little situational, it's a little optional, um, but I think overall it's really helpful to kind of see what you're going to see more often and what is, you know, not going to be there. We would have both agree that more of the powerful cards have these abilities, though. I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. So it's important to understand the different abilities in the game, the different aspects of the abilities, how they play out, how they interact with other cards and so forth. So for those, again, of you all that may not know or are beginners or getting into this, there are nine abilities in the game. There's, in no particular order, Challenger, Rush, Bodyguard, Ward, Evasive, Reckless, Support, Singer, Shift. Those nine abilities can be found across multiple cards, across all the different ink types. There's no really rhyme or reason to that. But they're a given set of like rules that each of the cards have when they have that ability. So we will go from worst to best mm -hmm. as we've ranked them and give you a rundown on each of the abilities and what they grant the card that that ability is on. Yeah. Good on, on that so far? So far, yeah. All right, so... Starting at number nine, we have the unfortunate lowest rank here is Singer. So I didn't know that this ability existed until the app came out and I saw like in the filters that it was an ability. I'm like, oh, what is that? And it's like three, only three cards have it. So the ability itself is... A, an ability that lets a lower cost card sing a higher cost song. So mm -hmm. under normal circumstances, a five cost song has to be sang by a five cost character. The first example of a singer card is Ariel Spectacular Singer. She's a three cost card that can sing five cost songs. Mm -hmm. So that's the ability. But as Jake pointed out, it's not necessarily indicative of the usefulness of the ability it's more the fact that there's only three cards that have the ability it's super not like flushed out yet yeah it's it's like i i think they're setting the foundation for maybe chapter two yeah i would i would really enjoy it if there were more singers like the if there's set. if there's on average a singer in every ink i think we're getting somewhere like imagine but, that you had a three cost singer in ruby that would sing Dragonfire. And I know that's not a song. And I'm not trying to say like that plays that way. But I'm just saying in general. Like that power. If there was... This would be would be insanely crazy. But if there was a one cost singer three in Amethyst that could sing... Uh, Friends on the other side. Yes. Or in Emerald that could sing Mother Knows Best. Yeah. Like that's that's where the real power comes in. And it definitely would not be the lowest on this list. If there were not just three singers all in amber in the set, yeah, and that's the craziest thing. Is like, and I don't, as far as I know, amber doesn't have the best songs by any. No, not my favorites by far. Um, I mean, there's decent ones, but I think I think we you know agree that you'd have to pair it with something then, 
to to sing one of the be- one of the better songs like we just talked about, like Mother Knows Best or like Friends on the Other Side. And even at that point, you don't have a card that's low enough cost for you to really take benefit of it. So number nine, we have Singer, mainly because it's not fully flushed out yet. It's not fully developed. Could be really cool, just not quite there yet. Look look out for it in Chapter 2. Yeah, we, we hope at least. That yes. Stay tuned yeah. for the Chapter 2 preview because I'm sure that will be a topic to come up. <laughs> Okay, number eight on the list would be support. So this one I think is is helpful, but or get into the, the still basics super of it. situational though. Yeah, so the basics of this one are support is whenever a character with support quests, you add their strength to another one of your character's cards. So if that character challenges and has two strength but you have a character with support questing that has two strength, that challenging card now has four strength. Yeah. So I think it's so low on our list because, again, it's super situational. There's, again, only five cards in the set with, um, with support across Amber and Sapphire. And so it's very, again, kind of niche, but you also have to have multiple cards on the board wanting to quest and challenge in the same turn. So I, I just I think as far as the meta right now in, in this game, there's not um, there's not a lot of turns where you're where you're questing and challenging or if you're doing one or the other, I think, with all your cards. Um so that's that's why we I think have it at eight. And just yeah, it's just not again, it's not fully fleshed out and I think a lot of the characters that it sits on, um, hey hey uh, Boat Snack from Amber. You've got Maximus Palace Horse from Amber. You've got Chief Tui, Respected Leader from Sapphire. You've got Merlin, Self-Appointed Mentor from Sapphire. And lastly, uh, Phil, Trainer of Heroes from Sapphire. I don't see any of those cards as super well-rounded cards where you want to have them too. So same as Singer, it's just not fully flushed out yet. I could see it be really impactful, but it's just it's not quite there yet the strength these cards are giving out is not anything that you're really gonna like it's not anything too special the not. one exception to ward i have and i think or wait sorry i'm not on board i never mind i'm getting ahead of myself support where i yeah i'm getting mixed up so support just not quite there all right that's number eight seven reckless i know you hate this one so walk me through it okay if you look at it and you look at just the ability, you're looking just... Which is? So your character has to challenge every turn if able. And I believe none of the, the Reckless cards have any lore. No, and they don't because they can't quest. They also like can't that's, quest. That's the, the kicker. Like That's the ability is that they can't quest. They're Reckless and only challenge. I think if you look at just the ability, that is restricting you from the goal of the game, which is collect 20 lore. And that is restricting you, in my personal opinion. Jake and I definitely disagree on this one a little bit. I I understand that perspective, and I think in a vacuum, Reckless is very counterintuitive to the, the point of the game. I think where the benefit comes into play is the cards it's attached to and the 
abilities or not abilities, but the the stats of said card. So like Gaston, for instance, on Ruby has Reckless and he has four strength as a two cost card. So there are a lot of four and five cost cards that have four strength or have four willpower that will get taken out by that. And so you're right. In a vacuum, Reckless is probably the worst in the game, but given that it's attached to characters that hit heavier than the ink cost they have, to me, makes it very powerful in controlling the board and taking out your opponent's characters. I mean, I just don't like it. So that's where I stand. I don't think it's the greatest. I mean, again, it's only attached to three characters, all in Ruby. And so it's, it's again, still really low on the list because of that. Maybe that gets flushed out a little bit more in future sets as we've kind of talked about some of these others. It's just, if you need a fighter and you're going to put somebody that's, you know, specifically for challenging in your deck, there's no reason not to, you know, for them to have Reckless since they have better stats. I digress. <laughs> so, with that said, we've gone through the bottom three now. Third of the way there. Pretty we're, pretty quick we're getting there. heading. We've got Singer Support Reckless mm -hmm. as 987. So, moving on to six, we've got Challenger. Challenger, there's a few cards that I really like to have it, and just the ability going through it is it adds a certain amount of damage when that character is challenging another character. When they so, when they are challenging, not being challenged. Not being challenged. And I've I've ran into that a few times when playing I'm at our local gaming store, is that that part is not like hitting people super much. So like they think like when that card is being challenged that it has that same strength. So like if that if the card with challenger is being challenged, that plus damage does not does not apply to the does character. Does not apply to the character. And the kicker there is that there are a few challenger cards that have zero strength. So yes. if they're being challenged, they don't do any damage at all. Mm -hmm. So they have to be offensive characters. Yes. So I agree. There's seven cards. So this one's a little more flushed out. It's still across only two ink types. Um, again, they punch above their weight. So like one of my, my favorite challenging card we talked about in our card tier list video is Captain Hook, Forceful Duelist. One cost card, but can deal three damage. So he can easily take out a one, two, or three cost character. So he's a very good brawler, I guess, if you will, yeah. to build out your deck to, to kind of deal with your opponent's cards. He can punch up above his weight, and most of these cards can. Um, not the ones with zero, but um, like, like Zeus, I don't... For, I don't see the value. He he has. I think the the just the challenger of Zeus doesn't give you a lot. Zeus also has Rush, which we haven't gotten to yet, so it's a little higher on the list. But the challenger aspect of Zeus gives him a plus four, so he's a four cost, does four damage when challenging, and has four health, and so he will punch above most four cost cards. And so I I agree, Zeus is a little bit of a weird one, but in general. They're going to take out cards that cost more than them. So they're good, again, brawlers to have on your side, kind of like Reckless if you need someone to challenge. Yeah, I agree. The difference here is they can quest, and so I agree with Jake. Like You're going to get some questing value out of them too if you need it. If you need it, yeah. Okay, so that I think that kind of covers Challenger. And as we move on to the next one on the list, we get to five or 
which I kind of jumped the cannon on, Ward. <laughs> so, Ward is basically that a character with Ward cannot be chosen for anything besides challenging. So, Dragonfire, for instance. We I think will, it's the biggest use. We will it. talk about Dragonfire until our faces are blue, but yes, it keeps you from being directly challenged or directly targeted by any item or action. Again, Dragonfire being probably the biggest thing that you're avoiding. Dragonfire, Mother's Knows Best. Fire the Cannons. Fire the Cannons, Smash, anything that you have to choose a card to do. Um, even like Tinkerbell, Giant Fairy, that has the passive ability of choosing to damage a person after they defeated someone, can't do that. Now, what this doesn't affect is, say, like a grab your sword, because you're not choosing, you are just automatically attacking all of the characters. Or be prepared, where, be prepared. You, where you wipe the board of everybody. Like, they're, they're getting wiped off, too. Or Giant Fairy again, her yeah. other ability. Um, so, this one's a weird one, too. It only has three cards that it's actively on. So, Aladdin, Prince Ali, and Emerald, uh, Cusco... Temperamental Emperor in Emerald, and then lastly, Donald Duck strutting his stuff in Emerald. So it, or in, in Sapphire, sorry. It is also on Aurora. Which, this is why I think we have it in the in the list we do, and not higher, or not lower, is the Aurora card in Sapphire that grants Ward to the rest of the cards on the board. Not herself, but to everyone else. And that is massive. So Aurora Dreaming Guardian has a protective embrace which your other characters gain ward. So she it's basically a bodyguard but for all actions and items. Yes. It I mean that is that could get you out of some big avoid some big problems. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 incredible. I mean so a little bit of my opinion is swayed by the fact that you do have that Aurora card that's so powerful. Again, shout out tier list. We have her really high on there. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it, in general, there's not quite as many cards that have it yet, but I think given the circumstances of Aurora, it gives it a lot of legs to stand on. Completely agree. Okay, so that's pretty straightforward on Ward, and then... Moving on to number four, so getting up into the top here, we have Rush, one of my personal favorites. Then, then go into it. All right, sure. so Rush is a ability that gives cards the option of challenging the move they're played. So under normal circumstances, a character has to have their ink dry before they can challenge or quest and be actually played within the game. Rush characters, however, can challenge the move that they're played. So they can really catch your opponent off guard because they can be in your hand and then instantly be attacking your opponent. And some most of these cards have like higher damage too, so they can be a big swing of damage out of nowhere. Yeah, so we, we talked a, a little bit ago about Maui having Reckless and Zeus having challenger both of those characters both have rush mm -hmm. so and that you, adds to their value big time so you can play them instantly you can challenge instantly and do a lot of damage and so uh you've got seven cards across three ink types and so that's pretty big too again it's a little bit more flushed out as far as the the usefulness and the ability to build one of these cards into your decks 
Um, my probably personal favorite that has Rush is Rafiki. Mine too. Uh, in the Amethyst set. Three cost, three strength, three willpower. But again, he's going to get out there fast. He's going to do the damage. He's going to take out the card that you're trying to take out. And he's going to get it off the board before they can quest for any more. So if you have a card that's you know three cost, that's questing for two... It can be really annoying because you know after a couple turns that builds up really high, and then you're you know building up a really big deficit. Rafiki gets in there instantly and takes. I mean, it's three damage out of nowhere is is incredible. It can take out a lot of lower cost cards like Lilo, for example, that are causing a big you know problem for you. I think it is a huge value for you. Yeah, getting. that's what that's what Rush is all about, and it and it allows you to. Just come out of the blue, deal with your opponent, and get back in the game fast. Whereas normal circumstances, you'd have to wait a turn to do so. Okay, top three. This is These are our podium finishers. Yes. So in third place, which we had a little bit of a disagreement on this one too, I think, but Bodyguard. I, I do love this one a bunch. It's just really hard with the other two. So Bodyguard, you want to you wanna walk us through that one? So Bodyguard is when able, your opponents can only challenge that card with bodyguard meaning the bodyguard card has to be exerted in order so if it's on the board and not exerted then it's not like actually guarding and one of the cool things that goes i think unnoticed with bodyguard cards is you can exert the turn they're played so again kind of like rush in the sense that it gives you value the second it is played. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really cool too. So if you have a card that's vulnerable, say it's got four willpower and it's taking three damage, and you know that your next turn it's going to get taken out because your opponent's going to challenge it, well, throw a body card or bodyguard card on the board, and that's going to stop your opponent from being able to, to take that card out, and then they can quest again. So like if you have a Hans that we have mentioned previously that is a four cost card that quests for three a ton of value um doesn't have a ton of strength or willpower though with only three willpower so relatively easy to be taken out like by a rafiki like we just mentioned you have a bodyguard and play can't can't directly challenge hans first and then there's an even like one of my favorite ones that you showed me recently in in amber is lilo and baby simba basically a low Low cost, really good combo for the value. Huge combo. So Simba is a two cost card, the protective cub in Amber, but he has three willpower for a two cost. And so for most other two cost cards, are not going to take him out unless maybe they have a challenger, which we've already talked about. And so under normal circumstances, you maybe either have to challenge him twice. And so that's two cards then that aren't questing, or you have to take two turns to take him out, and Lilo is just questing away. Yeah, she's having a ball. Getting a ton of uh, a ton of value out of it. So yeah, that's that's bodyguard. Just is a big distraction on the board. Yeah, hundred percent so, agree. Okay, and then getting into second place, and probably your personal favorite, evasive. Evasive. So evasive ability is only characters with evasive can challenge cards with evasive. And basically that means if evasive cards can mostly just quest away and there's not much your opponent can do about it unless they're specifically planned for it. 
Yeah, so you either have to have like direct damage cards, like fire the cannons, raise your, grab your swords, smash, something along those lines, or another character. So if you're not prepared, they'll just stay on the board and keep questing. And I've valued from that a lot in our in our local games. So you're it, a big evasive fan for sure. Huge. It it is c- close, if not number one, in my opinion. Um, but it is, I think. Maybe a little underlooked, or underlooked, yes. The the Yeah, and, and I agree. I think this is one of the best ones. I mean, we have it at number two. Mm-hmm. The reason I haven't put it as my top is because the evasive cards usually underquest their peers. That's and true. what I mean by that is if you have a four-cost card that has evasive, like a Goofy, and I think Goofy's even five-cost. He's five, yeah. Yeah, so you have a five-cost card like Goofy that has evasive, He's only questing for two, whereas a four-cost card like Hans and Emerald that we've mentioned, he quests for three. Mm-hmm. And so there are better alternatives to getting to the end goal, like you said with Reckless, is the whole point of the game. And so it's great. It's a huge distraction and can put a ton of pressure on your opponent, but it's not going to be the fastest route to get to 20 lore. That's very true. I think it's just a... It's probably the best way in the game to overwhelm your opponent because they, yep. in most cases, they can't do anything about yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. Doing. Okay, and speaking of getting lore out there quick, we come to the final, the top ability that we feel currently in the game right now, and which is none other than, drumroll please, Shift. Shift is... I just want to go off by saying that it is only on Floodborne cards, first of all, which is one of the more interesting things about it. But um, if you, I know Shift is your your favorite, so you can go ahead and do it. Yeah, I, th- I think Shift. So Shift is the kind of evolution. We've talked about this a little bit in some of the past episodes, but Shift allows you to play higher cost cards for lower cost. So if you have a Aladdin Street Rat, this is my favorite example because Heroic Outlaw is one of my favorite cards, but Aladdin Street Rat can be like evolved, as in the Pokemon term, into Aladdin Heroic Outlaw, mm-hmm. or if you play Aladdin Heroic Outlaw on top of Aladdin Street Rat, then he's instantly in the game, so he basically gains Rush. He costs less, so you can play him earlier than his initial um, you know, ink cost would allow, and they usually come with pretty crazy abilities, aside from the shift part. Yes. Um, pretty much every card with shift has value besides shift. I think they all do, it, meaning they all have an intrinsic value or a passive ability that is given just because you've either played the card or have the card on the board. So Heroic Outlaw, we've mentioned it a couple times, but whenever you challenge and you win the, the challenge... You gain two lore, so you basically challenged and quested, but not only that, your opponent loses two lore. So huge, huge, huge advantage for you. If you can get that out on turn five, that's insane, because you, I mean, that is a huge turn of events. Yeah, massive. And, you know, we talked about the Aurora Dreaming Guardian that grants ward to the rest of the characters on the board. That's a massive one. Um, Giant Tank, we've talked about a little bit. Does, when you play the character, deals one damage to every character. When you banish a character, damages two to chosen character. So again, just a ton of outside value outside of the shift. 
And then last one, I guess, to mention would be like Elsa, Spirit of Winter, the legendary card that everybody is you know going crazy over. It allows you to exert two chosen cards, and then those two cards cannot be readied next turn, so it puts your opponent kind of at a standstill. So again, you are able to play them quick because they can be put on top of, you know, as I like to call their like little brother or sister card. Mm-hmm. You can they're ready right away like it had a rush ability because they were shifted onto a card that was ready and then they have a bunch of intrinsic value and so i think just like the full compass that you get with a shifted card just makes it have so much value compared to normal cards and i think that with most of these cards almost all of them if you're able to get them for their shift cost that is they're probably some of the best cards in the game if not the oh, best for sure the yeah the the one like caveat is not all of them have like incredible stats mm-hmm. i mean like aurora the dreaming guardian that we mentioned has three strength five willpower if which is good but if you have somebody that you know has fire the cannons and a three strength card you're taken out in one turn and since it's already readied up because you shifted it it can be taken out instantly and so it, it's it has a little downside but again, it's something you can very well prepare for with a bodyguard we just mentioned, or mm-hmm. with something else that can allow you to keep those cards from being directly focused. And I think that's why it is the best ability in the game. Just the most well-rounded card. So not only are you able to you know, swing the, the outcome of the game, given the abilities of the cards, but you can play them in multiple ways. If you know most of or not all of these are inkable, but some of them are inkable. If you get them really early in the game and you're just not able to play them right away, you can ink them. If you don't want to shift it or don't have that card on the board to be able to shift it, you can still play it a little bit further down the line. So just the the flexibility that these cards gives you gives you so many different ways to put pressure on your opponent to win the match. Yeah, and I mean again. Kind of like with Rush, these can come out of nowhere. And yes. I, and I believe you can play them on the same turn. Yeah, because if, if, the, if the card you're shifting them onto is ready, then they're ready to go. And you can go play them and deal all kinds of crazy in, damage. In most cases, that is a huge card that is like a win-the-game card coming out way early out yep. of nowhere. Yep. And that changes the tides of the entire game. Yeah, that's. I think that pretty much sums it up well. You know, this, this was... Uh, a little bit of a quicker episode, but I think we wanted to, you know, explain some of the intricacies of these abilities to help some of the, the new listeners out and really dive into, you know, what's fun about them and which ones we like and which ones we don't. You know, a little bit of personal play preference here as well mm-hmm. to get to know us a little bit better. But yeah, it's it's really cool. You know, we went through the list. So as a quick recap, starting from the bottom, we have Singer, then Support, Reckless, Challenger, Ward, Rush. Bodyguard in third, evasive in second, and shift in first. So I think it's a pretty good list. I think I think overall very well rounded. Yeah. And as always, everyone, I, that would be it for today. So thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions or think our ranking is terrible, send us your ranking and let us know, and we'll try to to work some of that in and you know react to some of our listeners' rankings and, mm-hmm. and see what we think about them as well or their thoughts. So you can email us at. Uh, pod at gmail.com you can also message us or dm us on twitter at pod as well then um yeah you know please follow us on major podcast networks like apple Podcasts, spotify or any of the other major networks and 
uh, YouTube as well. So if you want to see video versions of some of these, like the, the tier lists that we have or some of the unboxings that we've done, you can follow us on YouTube at Illumineers Quest. So that's where you can find us across the board on all of our different channels. And again, thanks for everyone for coming out and appreciate the support. All right, see you guys. Bye.